Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Last week when we were together, was anyone with us last week? Three of you? Is that it? No? This is a talkback church. I need some feedback. I need some, hey, preach it, brother, kind of kind of response. <laughs> you were here last week? Does anyone remember anything that we talked about? Oh, pass it on. Yeah, we talked about, the, the phrase was guarding the treasure. In fact, there was a graphic. Let's see if they'll put that back up. There's like some, yeah, that's it. Guarding the treasure. Today, we're doing a second part, and that kind of gives it away. Three kinds of strength that grace supplies. But what we did was we opened up the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy that's in our Bible. It's called 2 Timothy. And just in case that's um, language that you already don't even know what we're talking about, there's a guy named Paul who had started out as someone in opposition to the ways of Jesus and his people. Uh, In his opposition, Jesus encountered him, and Paul had a 180-degree turn. He went from being someone who killed Christians to someone who was one of the strongest Christian leaders in the history of the world. He, many, many years later, went on to be someone that was sent by the Holy Spirit and the church to lead people to the knowledge of Jesus and the ways of walking with Christ in places that had never heard the message of Jesus. He was um, kind of the first human missionary. I said last week Jesus was probably the first missionary, but Paul was sent out with a team. They'd lead people into relationship with Jesus. People would gather together. They would form into churches. That's how you know people like us together exist. This has happened all over the world. The couple that was sharing earlier, I don't know, am I supposed to keep your name forever silent even? <laughs> I want to be secure, and I know we, we blacked you out on Zoom and Facebook. The couple that was sharing earlier, we're saying that they did that same thing in other parts of the world. Um, so Paul wrote letters, and those letters are in our Bible for instructions in the way of, of following Christ. There's a lot of incredible truth that was entrusted to him. At the end of his life, he was imprisoned in Rome, and he was about to be martyred, and he knew it. And he wrote a letter to one of his associates and one of the people that he had discipled, Timothy, urging him to carry forward the treasure that had first been entrusted to Paul, and Paul was entrusting it to Timothy and others. And, and in his letter, I mentioned there's like an urgency. There's something that has been entrusted to him that cannot be lost. It would be tragic if it were lost. And we tried to you know, think in, in our minds about treasures. We started simply with the idea of you know, your family might have treasure like grandma's best lasagna recipes, what happened in Michelle Urtel's life, um, grandma's best chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie, you know, just some, we thought, what, what's something that you don't want to lose? And then we said, well, think in bigger terms now, there can be treasures that are so valuable that there are enemies that don't want you to pass them on, enemies that would kill you to stop you from passing them on, and that's the case with the treasures of the gospels of Jesus, a gospel of Jesus, the message and the experience of his personhood in our lives. I said this, every one of us that has become a follower of Jesus, whether we chose to begin following him this morning 
or whether we've been following him for years and years and years, all of us have a treasure that has been entrusted to us that we too are to guard. So this message from Paul's letter to Timothy is really apropos, it's relevant, it's important to us. Very important. Pause for a moment and own that. You have a treasure. You've been taught things, some that are generally available to the whole body of Christ, some that are uniquely your treasure from your experience, from your um, history, from your family, from your church world, from the tribe that you're part of. You have unique things that cannot be lost. If they're lost, it's bad. We mentioned that there have been entire nations who were once, you could call revival centers, centers where God had poured out his spirit and there were such flames of revival that impacted the whole world where the peoples of those nations didn't pass on the treasure to the next generation after some generations. And the entire nations are now all but just a smoldering ember of the fires of God that were once descriptive of that nation. It's a reality. And it could be our reality. It could be anyone's reality who does not take seriously the call of God to guard the treasure that's been entrusted to you. And so this is important, and I'm feeling it as I've been thinking and praying about these words for my life and our life. I'm thinking that the treasures that we have, we are guarding together. We're passing forward. Well, last week, as we just read mostly in the first chapter of this letter, we noted that Paul said three things, and I just want to you know, remind us as we get going into doing a, a second chapter, a second part of this talk, Paul told Timothy, listen, here's something that you need to do, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. And we talked about fires and wood fires and what you do and how wood is being consumed and turning from matter into energy to bring light and to bring heat, and that's somewhat like what we are when God is using us in his service. We are kind of like wood that he ignites and produces energy out of it that affects things. Paul said, don't mess with the message. He said, the things that I've taught you, guard them. I've given you sound doctrine. I've given you truth. And we talked about the fact that what has been given to us in the message of the gospel, what has been given us in the word of God, is not something that we get to make up, that we get to play with, that we get to try to conform to our social pressures, our political pressures. We have a gospel that's been brought to us at the cost of blood, the blood of Jesus, but the blood of generations of people who have carefully and diligently carried it forward. Many have lost their lives just to bring to what you and I have today. As I sat this morning reading my Bible, sitting in a comfortable chair, I was so thankful that I have a Bible that I can read and enjoy because there are places in the world today where that's not a reality. I've been given a treasure, but if I don't guard that, I could have a future in my own country where people in future generations don't have a Bible in their lap. It's, it's a serious thing. So we have a treasure. We're to pass it on. Paul said, fan into flame. He said, don't mess with the message. And the third thing he said as we ended our time was that Timothy needed to take what he had learned from Paul, pass it on to other people who would also be faithful and reliable witnesses who would pass it on to others. So passing it down was kind of the main thing. Thank you, whoever said pass it on. You got it. So in, as Paul continues, we'd be reading now in the second chapter of this book. Remember, there was no chapters. This was just a letter. People have put chapters in to make it easy for you and I to study it. 
Um, he is going to give three illustrations, three metaphors, three kinds of people who illustrate a kind of strength that's needed. And I think it makes it easy for us to understand and learn some principles that we can apply in our life, and that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to read first just the, the first few verses of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and then come back and talk through them. Are you good with that? You, good class. Okay. We're all on the same page. So this is how it goes. 2 Timothy chapter 2, the first uh, seven verses it looks like. You then, my child... Oh, I should stop. <laughs> What's he talking about? He's just told Timothy, by the way, there's some people who have not guarded the treasure. They've actually walked away from Christ. And he talks briefly right before this sentence about people who have failed. It's, it's very sobering. And then he talks about one particular guy who didn't feel, and he's, he's an example of what it means to be trustworthy, onesiphorous. And you can read that on your own if you want. But he's saying, now, no, Timothy, you're not like those guys. You then... Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will be able also to teach others. Then here's the next sentences are the things that I want to talk about primarily today. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all these things. No, we're just going to talk about the strength of the soldier, the strength of the athlete, and the strength of the farmer, the way Paul has put it out here. This is helpful in my estimation of how you and I can look to the Lord to be strengthened with the strength of a soldier, with the strength of an athlete, with the strength of a farmer, so that we can guard the treasure that's been entrusted to us. You still with me? That was a lot of words, Ron. That was a long paragraph. Okay, you ready to launch into this? And by the way, I've, you'll notice that I'm reading from various translations because I, I do some study and I look for, uh, I sometimes open up into the original languages and consult with um, scholars and note when sometimes translations use language that seems to lose the thrust of meaning a little bit. Here's one case. The first words I read was, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Some of your translations, for example, the NIV, will say, you then be strong in the Lord. And it misses the reality that Paul, when he wrote this, very specifically used what we would call the passive voice. He didn't say for Timothy to do something. He said for him to be a recipient of something. He didn't say, be strong. He said, you must be strengthened. And there's a big difference there because the strength that you and I need does not come from within us. There's a strength that's available. Now, we have a role of making ourselves positioned so that we receive the strength that's available, but it's the strength of the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And it's worth a while to, to take just a moment to, to remember. Grace, we talk about a lot as, as you might call us Reformed Christians, since the Reformation, since Martin Luther you know, in the 1500s, came up with a restoration of this truth that we are saved 
by grace through faith, not through works. That message, that treasure had been lost for a number of centuries, but was renewed at large to the body of Christ. We're saved by grace. People have said grace is God's unmerited favor. People have said grace is an acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense, which is cute and helpful, but it's, it's God's working, not our work. Okay, that's true, and we think often about salvation and forgiveness of sins through grace. But grace is so much more than that. Grace is an action noun. You often find grace doing stuff in the Bible. And here, grace is strengthening you. And you need to know pretty much everything that you and I do for the Lord comes out of the strength to do what we cannot do that God provides. That's what grace is. Grace is defined by one of my favorite thinkers in the last century, Dallas Willard, like this. Grace is God acting in our life to do what we cannot do on our own. Grace is what we live by, and the human system won't work without it. Grace is what we live by, and the human system won't work without it. That's a strong phrase, Dallas. The saint That means someone who's a follower of Jesus, you become a saint, uses grace like a 747 jet burns a gas on takeoff. There's a lot of fuel spent on takeoff when you're lifting that multi-ton piece of equipment into the air. People that are living for Jesus, the saints, you, who are guarding the treasure that's been entrusted to them, require a source of life and power that is outside themselves, that they must take hold of, must position themselves to receive. To start with, are you with me, by the way? Have I lost any of you? Okay. So for me, one of the first steps to be living in that kind of grace that empowers me to do what I cannot do on my own is to first believe that it's available. Once I know that God's grace, his power, his resource, and his willingness to act in my life for his purposes, once I know that's available, that changes my demeanor and my outlook on life so that I position myself to receive what he has for me. If you drive a car, do any of you drive cars? In America right now, you either drive a gas-powered vehicle, a diesel-powered vehicle, or an electric-powered vehicle, right? None of you are pedaling your cars, right? At least not yet. None of them are wind-powered yet. (laughs) And none of them operate on uh, nuclear energy. You know that if you want to drive down the road, you either have to plug in your car at night or you have to go to a gas station and get filled up. Or that incredible machine with all its potential will not work unless it's got fuel in it or electricity in the batteries. That's what we're talking about. Whenever I do anything where God's working through me, it is grace. Grace, the Bible says, teaches us. Grace is what happens when I have the experience of putting my hand on a sick person and there's a power that flows through me as I pray in the name of Jesus and they are healed. That's grace in action. So I just want us to think a little bit about grace as we read this again. Timothy Ron, 
Enoch, Fabiola, and Will, Lisa, all the names in here, if I look around, Jeff, Jennifer, Mark, be strengthened with the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Don't not be strengthened, and don't be strong on yourself. Be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus, because you need strength to guard the treasure that's been entrusted to you. With me? So you got the emphasis there. By the way, if you try to live the Christian life on your own strength, you quickly become legalistic and proud or legalistic and depressed. Because on one side, you think, aren't I doing well? And what's wrong with those other slobs that are such losers? Why don't they just buckle up and obey the Lord like I do? Or you'll think, what a failure I am. I'm not nearly as good as those others. Either way, you're in legalism and you're losing. But if you live in the grace that Jesus himself provides through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be strengthened and you'll be full of love and respect and honor for other people as well. You'll be gentle. Someone like that. <laughs> so, we know we need to be strengthened by grace. And then here's what that grace looks like when it strengthens you. Paul says to Timothy, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ, verse 3 of chapter 2. And we start with this first image. The first image is a soldier. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of civilian life, of everyday life. There's just two big pictures there. One is soldiers expect hardship. No no good soldier quits because the going got rough, right? They expect it to be hard. It will help you as a soldier mindsetted person to know that hardship is part of the call. If you were lied to when you were invited to follow Christ and told it's going to be like getting on a princess cruise ship and there'll be lots of good food all the time and a really nice estate room and you'll just be enjoying life for the rest of your life, you were lied to. It is wonderful to serve Jesus Christ, but it's more like a warship than a cruise liner because you are entering into the work of Jesus, which is at war with the work of Satan. We live in a world that has been ruined by Satan, the usurper, where a kingdom of darkness has come to rob, steal, and destroy life, and we've come with the resources of another kingdom that's coming into this world and even has come in Jesus Christ and will come in fullness at his return that is in direct opposition to the oppression that Satan brings to people. So there's war and there's resistance, and what I'm talking about is actually the treasure that we have. There's war to destroy the treasure. So firstly, the strength of a soldier is a mindset that is ready to endure hardship, strengthened by the grace that God supplies. Well, where does this strength come from? Paul defines it, at least partially by focus. He does not get entangled in the affairs of sinful life. I'm reminded of Jesus' words when he talked about putting the kingdom of God first. And hopefully you're okay if I go a little heavy on reading more scripture than I often do. 
I want to read some more scripture. Matthew 6 is Jesus saying these words, why do you worry about clothes, civilian affairs? Why do you worry about clothing and food and all these things? Do you see how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, how much more will he clothe you? Because the grass, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow, it's thrown in the fire. Don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? The pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom. So this is a matter of focus. The strength of a soldier is focus. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, the other things, they'll be taken care of and God will add to them as well. But don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. So here's what I said to put it in one phrase. The strength of a soldier is equal to being strengthened by the grace of focus. Remember I said grace is at work. So one of the things that grace can do for me as I submit myself to the fuel of God's resource, grace can work in me focus. And focus is one of the strengths that I need to carry the treasure through to the end. The Paul, I told you I'm picking, picking specific translations because of the unique wording. The, the word that comes out entangled is a specific word. No soldier entangles himself. I think the NIV says involves himself. Well, you are involved. You have to mow your lawn, and you do have to pay your bills, right? I mean, there are some things that you do in this life. You're not disconnected from this world, but you're not entangled by them if you have focus. You with me? So, yes, live in this world. Don't be apart from this world. Yes, I'm going to go out to lunch today, I hope, with some people in a restaurant. I wouldn't say, well, I'm too holy for restaurants. I just fast and pray all the time. No, I have fellowship with people. But if my life revolves around picking the best restaurant and finding enough money to afford the best restaurant, and that's all I think about all the time, I'm not thinking about the kingdom of God. So it's a, it's a dynamic tension, living in that tension, but keeping a priority, a focus on the kingdom of God first, like a soldier. This is the strength that grace supplies, the strength of focus. Do you remember when Jesus talked about the four soils. Remember he said the sower went out to sow the word and he sowed, sowed seed. Some seed fell on hard soil and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky soil and the, the um, plant grew rapidly, but there was no room for a root, so it um, withered when the sun came out. And then he said some was sown among thorns. And it's another picture of this not having to focus on the kingdom of God. Here's how he said it. Still other seed sown among thorns hear the word. People hear the word of God. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. See with me? Focus. The deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, the worries of this life. You and I need a strength of focus that comes from the grace of God to guard the treasure that's been entrusted to us. Strength of focus. The second picture, so that's just what we're going to do with the, with the soldier, is the athlete. Paul writes on, goes on, Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. He's got to follow the rules. 
An athlete can't do anything he wants. My son plays rugby. Sometimes athletes do something they want, and they end up getting a yellow card. You know what a yellow card does? It's a warning. They get a red card, they're out of the game because they did what they wanted, but they're not allowed to do what they want. It's called a penalty. They have penalty boxes for people that don't follow the rules. And your team, if you get a red card, your team is down a player, and that's bad for the team because you have to play according to the rules. So I put it like this. The strength of the athlete is that he's strengthened by the grace of complete submission to Christ and his ways. Guard the treasure. You need to guard the treasure that's been entrusted to you. It's very important. The message of the gospel and your experience of the gospel, the life that you have that you're using to bless this world, those around you, your family, that you're also passing on to the next generation. Guard the treasure. To guard the treasure, you must be strengthened by the grace that Christ supplies. So think like an athlete who must follow the rules. You can't do whatever you want. If you do, you won't guard the treasure. So there's a grace that comes from the Lord to enable me to live according to Christ's ways. You with me on that? Someone taught me young in my Christian walk that Christianity is not like the salad bar at the salad restaurant. Do they have those anymore? They all have gone under? Oh, COVID. Let the salad bars come back in Jesus' name. (laughs) Is there one still? Sizzler, that's a salad bar. No, I'm talking about soup plantation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you not like those? Well, when you go to, this, to that sweet tomatoes, they have in other parts of the country. You know you walk in and you get your tray, and there's just like rows of stuff to make incredible salads, right? There's the spinach and the lettuce and the garbanzo bean and the beets. Oh, God help us for the beets. And the kidney beans and, you know, the nuts and the... And some chicken and maybe some bacon bits. And praise God for bacon bits. And, you know, there's all this stuff. Well, someone taught me Christianity is not like the salad bar where you get to choose the items you want to put on your plate and reject the items you don't want to put on your plate. You know, I like a lot of that stuff in that salad bar of Christianity. But that part about being generous, well, I'm not going to eat that because that doesn't go in my salad. No, there's a whole bunch in the salad bar of Christianity, and you need to eat it all. You know, I think of the, the three big areas where people are tempted to sin. Do you know what, what those are? Want to guess? Oh, you're thinking now. What are the three big areas? Sex. Well, sex, drug, and rock and roll, that's, that's how you um, party. There's more than that. The three big areas, I think, are sex, money, and power. Sex, money, and power. And Jesus talks about all those. Any athlete that's going to compete and win the prize needs to follow the rules. Well, Jesus says, look, as far as power comes, you who want to be great in the kingdom of God, you need to be a servant. So in the kingdom of God, the way power works is you get under and you serve people. You don't get to be in power. You cannot lord it over people. If you become someone who tries to lord lord it over people, you will not guard the treasure. You have to have a servant heart. Well, you you might not like that. And there are people in our world today who have positions of leadership in the body of Christ who don't like that part. So they say, no, I want to lord it over people. 
I like to be in charge. I like to have things my way. I like people to serve me. Well, that's not the way it works. And the same, you know, money, sex, and power, you don't get to steal from people sexually. You get a spouse. That's it. You mean true. You don't take advantage of other people. With money, you don't get to hoard it. You get to give it. With money, you need to be generous. And that's just, just one part. I mean, what else is there? Uh, how about this? Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Well, I don't like that part. Those charismatics are weird. Well, an athlete that's going to win the prize has to compete according to the rules. Eagerly, that's the rules. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Despise not prophecy. Test it. Huh? How about don't forsake the gathering yourselves together, as is the habit of some? Well, I don't like other Christians. And nowadays, I can just, I can, I can watch the best preachers in the world on my, on my phone, on demand, whenever I want. Why would I go to church? Because if you want to guard the treasure, then be like an athlete and compete according to the rules. And the rules are, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. You're getting me, right? Okay. So you got the soldier, and, and I could go on and on, right? I could start meddling with all of us. But there's, there's a whole Bible full of the rules or what we're, to, what we're to submit to. I think that Paul's illustration here is that the strength of the athlete is the grace that strengthens us to submit fully to Christ and his ways. When we do, we are guarding the treasure that's been entrusted to us so that it goes on and meets its destination. And the work of Christ goes on. And the blessing of Christ comes to our world. And the treasure is not lost. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. And once again, the translations, for, for some reason, the, the translators have played with the language to make it, I don't know, make sense, but, but lose some of the meaning. It literally says... Paul literally wrote, the hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crop. Some of your translations say he must also enjoy the, the benefits or reap the rewards. No, it's, it's partake. It's he himself eats the food that he grows. The hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crop. Listen, if you are going to guard the treasure that Christ has given to you, the treasure of your experience of knowing him, your experience of, ex- of receiving grace and forgiveness, if you're going to guard that treasure, you need to first be the one to partake of the treasure before you can pass it on. People who sell someone, others, someone else's merchandise to a third person are brokers. They may never participate in the thing that they're selling. That's not how Christianity works. If you've been given the treasure through your church life, through your heritage, through the word of God in you, that intimacy with the Father is a reality that God wants us to enjoy and experience, then you cannot guard that treasure unless you are the first to partake of intimacy with the Father. You can't preach about it if you don't live it first. 
Get it? You need to live the treasure. So there's a strength that grace supplies of partaking and enjoying God's treasure for yourself. That one was not intuitive to me as I was reading through this, but I studied and prayed and went, oh, yeah, it's pretty simple, isn't it, Paul? Thank you. I got to eat first what I'm serving to others. Otherwise, I won't guard the treasure. I, I was telling Amy earlier, don't want to embarrass you, Amy, but one of the things I love about Amy, our worship leader, is I absolutely know that what she brings to us when she leads us in worship is only what she's been doing on her own all week long. That's why it's so rich and authentic and real. She's gone away with the Father in worship before his throne, before his face, sometimes weeping, sometimes rejoicing. But she's been there, and then she comes and invites us to follow. What's she doing? Well, in some sense, she's guarding the treasure that's been entrusted to her by being the first to partake of the treasure. You can't go effectively tell people how to pray for the hurting and the sick and the broken if you never pray for the sick and the hurting and the broken. And here's a reality. For some of us that have been doing this ministry life for a long time, we have a story of what we once did. And we like to tell people about the good old days and what once was. But it really doesn't work well unless we are currently partaking of today's good treasure. Then we can pass it on to you. We can pass it on to the other. Guard the treasure by being the first to partake of the treasure. Are we communicating? Oh, not? Yeah? Okay. Thank you, Daria. Isn't this a simple message? Like, I'm done. You need strength to guard the treasure that's given to you. The strength comes from a source outside of you. It comes from the grace. God's working in your life to do what you couldn't possibly do on your own. You need grace, so position yourself to believe that it's available and receive it and ask for it and walk in it. You need grace because, like a soldier, you're going to have to endure hardship as you carry forth the treasure of God. To be able to endure that hardship, you need focus. You cannot be entangled. So much entanglement in other stuff that you can't even do the thing that you're called to do. It's a picture of being tied up in thorns, entangled. Jesus used the same language, right? Thorny... Uh, Soil with thorns in it so that you can't have the seed produce good fruit. It's deceived by the riches of life, the worries of life. You need focus. That focus comes from the grace of God. If you're lacking focus today, if you're entangled in this world, if binging on the next Amazon Prime or Netflix series is getting more attention than the kingdom of God, uh-oh, now he's meddling. There's a grace for you. If you have enjoyed wealth, and then wealth has started enjoying you, you know what I mean, where it switches, and now you're entangled in wealth, and it's no longer a means to be generous, but a means for you to be worried and concerned, 
You need focus. There's grace for you. You can turn today to the Lord and say, I just realized I'm not like a soldier that's, enta- that's not entangled in civilian affairs. I'm entangled. And Lord, today, I want to renew before you my focus. And I ask you to strengthen me with the grace of focus on the kingdom of God and your priorities. Everything else will then take care of itself as you supply. You need the strength of an athlete who doesn't do things his own way. If he's going to win the prize, he's got to compete according to the rules or he'll be thrown out of the game. If you have trouble with that, you need a grace that comes from God. It's a faith that tells you it is best to follow the ways of Christ even when they don't make sense, even when you don't like what they sound like. There's a faith that says, I have decided that I will trust Jesus. Do any of you know what a checkbook is where you write on a piece of paper, pay to the order of? Uh, Some of you remember those pieces of paper. (laughs) And you sign at the bottom. When you come to Christ, you take a check, you say, pay to the order of Jesus, and you sign the bottom, and you hand it over before you fill in the amount. It's very dangerous because he can write in any amount he wants. Very dangerous. If you want to follow Jesus, you sign the check and pay to the order of Christ. It's your life. It's a matter of trust that says, I trust you that whatever amount you write there is going to be good for me. It's going to bless me. and It's going to advance the cause of your kingdom. So I trust you. You need a grace to have the faith that you can trust Jesus and submit fully to him with all of your life. And all his ways. And the third was the soldier, the farmer, partaking first of the good things, the treasures that have been trusted to you, the resources, the history. In our particular tribe, we have a history of worship as a priority, intimacy with Christ. Partake of that. Guard that treasure. We've been given a treasure in our tribe that you know, we call the vineyard, a particular treasure that says, God's power is available today for all people. Everyone can play and everyone can do everything that Jesus said disciples can do. That's a treasure that you have to walk into and partake of, or it will be lost. A particular understanding of the kingdom of God, his resources available now to bring the goodness of the age to come into our present world, that we can call him and say, let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done now. And what God wants done gets done. And the atmosphere changes. And he brings the peace of heaven into our circumstances today. That experience, that truth, is a treasure that you've been given, particularly in this tribe. Guard that treasure by partaking in it first. You know what? Let's um, let's stand together. I'd love Amy and whoever you want to come with you to come up and provide some worship music, folks. If you're in the hearing of my voice online perhaps on YouTube or Facebook Live or right now in this room online, and you have never entrusted your life to Jesus, that's the first step. That's the first step into entering into the fullness of life and receiving a treasure that's worth guarding.
Very simple. Jesus is the creator of heaven. Jesus is the creator of earth. He created this whole world perfectly. People, our forefathers and you and I have sinned and brought destruction to relationships. We brought destruction to our world, and he's come to redeem it. He said if we'll put our trust in him, in his death that was a sacrifice, carrying all the sins of this world, in his resurrection that was the beginning of a new creation, if we put our trust in him, he will recreate us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us into life. We have the greatest treasure of all. If you've never experienced that, would you today not let this moment pass and look to him and say, Jesus, I trust you with my life. I sign the check. I want you to be my Lord. I don't want to be Lord. I want you to be my Lord. Come into my life and make me new. That's about it for prayer for that. If you have that in your heart coming out of your mouth, you have just put your faith in Jesus. And I tell you, you are a new creation today. This day, and the journey has started. If you were joining me in that prayer, when we have some people up front in a moment, I'd love it if you'd come and talk to them. They'll help you take next steps in your walk with Christ. Folks, I covered just three big areas, but focus, submitting to Christ, and partaking of the goodness of God. In particular, if you were impacted by any of those three things where you thought, that's me, I need to grow in that, avail yourself to the grace that's in Jesus Christ today. There are going to be people, in fact, if you could make it your way down to the front right now, people that pray, make your way down, come and have these people pray over you and see what happens as you encounter the living God. Lord, we look to you. Let your spirit move amongst us. Let the kingdom of God come upon us right now. We want to worship you. If you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit today, come and have someone pray over you. If you've never spoken in tongues and you'd like that gift, come and ask. See what God will give you. If you need healing in your body, come. The Lord is here and we're pressing into him. Love you, Lord. I'm going to end my role in this morning officially right now with these words. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you rest. Be blessed today in the grace of the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.